So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney Plus. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them Hayes sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. And if it's your first time listening, make sure you're following us at Awakened Soul Pod. Uh, you can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. And we got a good show planned for you guys, a great show planned for you guys this week. I have my daughters in the first segment of this show having a conversation about my parenting, um, just being a child, um, everything. Like, we really just have a really good conversation um and one that i think we need to have more with our children and so we also talk about co-parenting and how co-parenting affects them as children and their view on it um but the main topic the creme de la creme so to say on this week's episode we have lady ray is in the building this week and we will be discussing shadow work spiritual love and everything that goes in between it and how doing the shadow works plays into your ability to not only love yourself but love others. We got a jam-packed show with content for you guys this week. The conversation with me and Ray is just chef's kiss. Um, but nonetheless, uh, before we can get into any of all of that, we have to get into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind. And to do that, we have to first get into our entry music. So our entry music is going to start, and I will catch you guys on the other side of that in my dark and twisted crazy ass mind. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, we have now entered the mind of Hayes, and the first thing, the only thing on this week's in the mind of Hayes segment that I want to talk about is the vaccine mandate. And I know this is a topic that is, it's being politicized and everything. And, you know, it, it's taking a turn. And we, I, I didn't have an episode of the week that Biden dropped his, we're losing our patience comment, which was fucking idiotic and everything else. But uh, now we are getting uh, military uh, members who are, who are being discharged not dishonorably, but they are being discharged from the military if they are choosing not to get the vaccine. We also know that there are certain uh, jobs and everything that are mandating it. Um, NBA players, uh, the the Andrew Wiggins thing came out as well. And so this has become a hot button topic. And, you know, I, I want to have this conversation because I, I chose to, got, to get vaccinated, right? And part of the reason I choose to get vaccinated was that I do uh, for my photography and film business, I film and do photography for weddings and other events. And I'm around at sometimes hundreds of people that I don't know. And I wanted to I chose to get the vaccine to protect myself and therefore also protect my children when I come back from from these events and things like that. That is why that I chose to do it. But it was 100 percent my choice. Now, it is still technically people's choice. But, you know, with government officials and, and some government jobs, it being mandated. They're taking that choice. Basically, they're saying that, hey, you still have that choice. But if you make the wrong choice or the choice that we don't agree with, you don't work here anymore. And so that is, you know, they are saying that there is some legal precedence for this. Um, I haven't done the research to that point to really speak to any of those precedences uh, before. If you guys are interested, I definitely will probably pick this topic up maybe in its own um episode or its own special drop or whatever or just in, in my mind in a, another edition of in the mind of haze but i just i want to know how you guys feel about this mass mandate i mean I'm, I'm sorry not mask mandate which mass mandates are back like in my state of ohio but um this vaccination mandate and has this affected your choice to get the vaccine or not um some people are choosing to then leave their jobs or look for other jobs that that, that is not going to require it and I can understand that fully. I am one of those people to where I understand both sides of this. I understand people's fear 
of getting the vaccine because of how new it is and how COVID is still evolving. And, you know, now they're saying that we uh, should they're suggesting us get six months boosters for those of us who are vaccinated. So all of this, I, I understand that. I also understand the people who are saying, hey, you know, maybe we can get past this if people just stop politicizing the the idea of the mask and vaccine and just medically do it because it's what's supposed to protect us. I understand both sides of that. Um, like I said, I can never take away from the people who just feel like they don't have the necessary data to make them feel comfortable enough to get a vaccine that may be obsolete as the virus continues to evolve. We don't know yet. So I can understand that fully. I want to know how you guys feel. I want to hear from you guys on this one. A, did you choose to get vaccinated or not? How do you feel about certain uh, jobs and everything requiring vaccination? And where has this left you in the conversation or in the choice if you have not got vaccinated yet, in which way you're leaning to get it or not? Let me know what you guys think. I uh, love to hear from you guys, whether it's on our voicemail, which is 614-547-2039, or you can send us an email, uh, theawakensopod at gmail.com. Either way, I would love to hear from you guys on this topic. But enough. That's enough of that. We are now going to get into the segment with my beautiful and lovely daughters. Um, it was National Daughters Day, so I figured why not record with them. It's been a while since Amaya has been on. By the way, check out the episode More Like Than Different. Um, that was one of my favorite episodes and one of the most deep conversations I've ever had on the podcast. And it was with my oldest daughter, Amaya. But she's back as well as with my younger daughter, Alana. Uh, and they are a hoot uh, as well as like very insightful people. So uh, hopefully you guys get a kick out of this. And then on the other side of that, um, towards the back half of the show, the main discussion topic, we have Lady Ray in the building. But we're going to go ahead and get into a brief break. On the side of that, I'll be joining you guys back with my lovely daughters. I'll see you guys there. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. And so National Daughters Day just passed, and I figured, why not invite my beautiful daughters on? First up, we got my oldest daughter, Amaya, is in the building. What's going on, Maya? Yo, what's up, dog? <laughs> we also got the princess, the little one herself, Alana's here, Miss my, my Helen. But go ahead, Alana. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no so i'm not gonna hold you guys for a super long amount of time i know you guys are like living your own world at this point and that's fine i know you don't have time for your old man anymore so it is what it is but did y'all really just did y'all just power up on me is that what that was <laughs> <It may be. laughs> but um national daughter's day and you know we just had uh emotional time in our family you know we Lost uh, my your great grandfather, my grandfather, and you know we were there supporting your grandfather uh, during the funeral. So like this whole thing of like family has really been on my mind since then and everything. And uh, I just wanted to have a conversation with you guys. Like first, we have an amazing family, uh, not a perfect family, but I really think we have a good family overall, and that we love the hell out of each other. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys about a couple of different things. So, a being girls and my girls at that. Is it difficult for you guys at all? No. <laughs> maybe. Maybe? Why do you why why do you say maybe, Lala? I have no idea. You have I just no wanted idea. to do a different answer. Okay. My why'd you say no? It's not difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you eat, you sleep, <laughs> you do your homework, and that's it. Like, <laughs> it ain't it ain't much different from anybody else. Oh, yes. I mean you say that, Maya, but you have a lot more responsibility than that. And like you're you help me out tremendously around here and i know your help over to your mom at her house also um <laughs> what is it like? so like what what has it been like for you the transition between when we lived in st louis you having your older brother and then you know since he doesn't live here you being the oldest and having a lot of that responsibility has that been hard on you no i mean i learned from the best he was very i mean <laughs> When I was his age, I mean, when he was my age, I'd say I'm more responsible and mature. Uh-huh. For sure. But, I mean, he still cared for me, Lana, Alan. Like, you know, he was a loving brother, as he should. 
but I mean, I learned to cook earlier than him. I learned to <laughs> clean earlier than him. So basically, what I'm saying is, I'm better. <laughs> I mean, wait, is she? Wait till your brother see, sees this. Like that's funny. That's is, funny. Is, is she wrong though? I mean, no. no. Like, and so I think for me, like one of the things that I've learned is being a, a father of both girls and boys is that you guys do definitely mature at different rates. And even like this summer when we when we were all here, like Maya being the one who. Would cook. I mean, Zay would cook lunch for Alan and stuff too when I was working and stuff. But like Maya, Zay would like heat stuff up. Maya made macaroni and cheese from scratch, just randomly. Like, <laughs> not didn't ask where anything was and ask for any help. Just decided to whip it up. So I definitely think like, like the maturity between you and Zay, and that's, I don't feel like that's a slight at all. Like you definitely are more mature and more equipped than he was at the age that that he like you are now than when he was there. And I think a lot of that too is just that um, I think with being a parent, like we learn to let the reins go er, like earlier on. So like Zay, Zay was me very much learning and us as parents learning it's okay to let go. So then now that you're older, we've already learned that lesson. So we are, we feel more comfortable turning the reins over to you when needed. So I think that's what it is. Now when Lana's your age and she's the oldest, that's going to be interesting. She's too dangerous to be left alive. <laughs> so is Alan. What, what do you mean by that, Lana? Bro, he is too smart <laughs> That's what for I'm my saying. liking. He's too dangerous to be left alive. Alan, yeah. Alan is... And it's, and it's funny because, like, a lot of times you'll think with Alan, like, is he paying attention? Does he know right. what's going on? And he absolutely does. He just doesn't give a damn. Clearly. <laughs> Reminds me of someone I know. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so alana with you um because you you don't have a lot of responsibility i'm just not that's again it's not a slight you don't because you have two older siblings that do a lot for you um so you haven't had to like have a lot of responsibility it's coming though because somebody's turning 11 here shortly um no <laughs> what 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 do you do you look at like what your sister does and how much your sister does for you and everything and you're like I, I don't want to do that. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Say more. Elaborate. Why? What like what about responsibility scares you? Like interesting cleaning. question. I have no idea. <laughs> Girl, is that your only response? I have no idea. Like what? Is shut it the up! Girl, don't tell me to shut up. Is it the cleaning? <laughs> is it the cooking? Is it the taking care of Alan? Because sooner or later, I'm going to leave that to you. Alan. It's the Alan part of it. That makes sense. Why you look at me like that? <laughs> so, okay. And here's here's the thing. that As a father, like, we always, we try to, the best to protect our daughters, right? And Maya is ready to fight at any given time, which I love and hate at the same time. Because, like, I taught Maya to fight. Just so she can protect herself. And I feel like Maya took that and basically is now like, I want to beat people up. You made no. a bad choice. <laughs> you made a bad choice, Dad. How did I make a bad choice? Did you have to fight? What do you mean? She, always... she doesn't fight you guys, though. She does. She does not. Well, play fight. Then we start oh, well, yeah, play fight is different. But she will never really fight you. Even though sometimes she'd be wanting to. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> so we we've had a lot of change and a lot of stuff like what how has it been the adjustment of going from you know having split homes like how has that been hard for you guys i know that's a that's a more serious question than what we've been talking about but what's that like for you guys because i think very often we hear about like co-parenting from the parents side of things and you know, i've talked about it before on here but like what is that for you guys, like, seeing how me and your mom try to work together to raise you guys, but the fact that we're not together, has that been, a, is that hard for you guys? Is it easier because you you have that space when mom's getting on your nerves, when I'm getting on your nerves to be at the other one's house? Like, what what has that been for you guys? Tiring. Tiring? Why tiring? Tired of everyone's bullcrap. You're tired of everyone's bull. And, hey. moving, and moving from one place to another, always having to... <laughs> No, I mean, no, and that's under, that's, I mean, the back and forth is, you know, and it's, it's, it's good and bad. It's good because you have two parents that want to spend time with you. There are a lot of people who have parents that aren't together that they never see, they don't see much of one parent because the parent 
doesn't isn't as interactive like you have two parents that very much so want to be in your life every day and i know it's tiring going back and forth and stuff between houses but luckily we don't live too far from each other and luckily we get along like so i i understand what i tiring, and you know we're trying to work on changing the schedule so it's not as much back and forth but you saying you're tired of everyone's bullcrap that's it's funny hearing that from you lana because you're the one who always is just going along with the flow like you seem to always be good yeah lana is it bothering you more than you let on? Well, not really, though. <laughs> Emo. <laughs> what about what about you, Maya? Um, I mean, I understand the whole switching thing, but like, since we're in school, it doesn't really bother me as much as it did in summer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't really care. Plus, you don't. Plus, you have Stop you have your, your own room in both places now. I think that helps you a lot too, right? Yeah. <laughs> the basement is the best one. But even though I don't want to go spiders down there, because they're always so down you, there. Are you ready for your sister to try to get away from Alan and come escape in your room? Because you know it's coming, right? No, she needs to learn how to have a bomb with Alan, like I do. How do you think I'm matured? Oh uh, yeah, sure. I mean, and the funny thing is, is that like with Lana and Alan, like you guys became like oil and water overnight because you used to be super protective over Alan at one point. Reminds me of someone. Yeah, well, Maya, Maya's still super protective over you. She's just annoyed with she. Uh, Maya's annoyed with everybody, like me, your mama, Zay. Sometimes Alan, she gets annoyed with everyone. You just seem to only get annoyed by Alan. He screams too much. What are you? <laughs> Watch the mic. What mic? The mic in front of you. I know. <laughs> what? I'm lost. The microphone is right, literally right in front of your face. I was in a different world. <laughs> Clearly. That's so funny. That's so funny. My seeing like everybody mature and grow up, like what's what's your favorite part about our family and the part that annoys you the, the most about our family? Um, my favorite part is mm-hmm. probably how big it is and how everyone has some humor and doesn't take everything so literally unlike some people not that it's like pointing out to whoever in the family but it's like some other families are very literal and can't take jokes which is kind of sad for those kids i have no humor though what do you mean alana you are literally the funniest person i know that's debatable i know you're the best joke teller but alana is like the the naturally just funny like alana like she doesn't even mean to be funny most of the time what do you mean? Yeah, like when she was spazzing out earlier. Yeah, just like earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, like that. <laughs> but okay, okay, that's your favorite part. What's what's your what's the part that's most annoying about her? My family? least favorite part is probably the attitudes, because whenever somebody gets an attitude, it goes downhill quickly. Like my attitude, Lana's attitude, Alan's attitude, your attitude, the grandparents' attitudes. It's a hot mess i love your hand i think I, but i think i, I you're agree, i agree with you 100 we all have once we get triggered all of our attitudes are bad that's like our shared family trait but i think the thing it's good to well not it's that's not good at all but we never really have times where everyone has an attitude all at once it's usually one person who has an attitude so everybody else kind of just looks at that person like all right let them have their time or whatever because there are some families that like feed off the negative energy where like one would get an attitude then somebody would get an attitude because that person has an attitude and then somebody else gets an attitude because those two have attitudes and it just balls up. And luckily, like we give each other enough space to where when somebody is in a bad mood or has an attitude, they can step away. Like there are times even with me where I have my attitude and I'll go in my room. So I'm not fuss. I hate fussing at you guys. Like I really do hate fussing at you guys. So like when I notice that I'm getting frustrated with something, it's like, all right. Let me get them straight, and then I'm going to go upstairs and calm down for a minute. And usually, when I come back out the room, I'm 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 calm. But uh, you too, like, I, and that's one thing that I will give you credit for uh, over like the last year, Maya, because it used to be you would have an attitude, and it would turn into like three days of attitudes. Now you kind of you you have your initial go off because you do be going off, <laughs> <laughs> but then you'll you'll go in your room, you'll spend maybe the rest of the day in there, and then the next day you're good. Yeah. She has been exposed. Lana, on the other hand. You cannot talk. Lana blows the hell up. Alan! Exactly. 
<laughs> like she be spitting bars and or then, something. And then, and then in two seconds later, it's perfectly fine, and you'll be looking like, what just happened? Right, like she goes back to watching SS Sniper Wolf. I'm like, exactly. oh, hi, Maya. <laughs> and eating popcorn and Jolly Ranchers in the bed. Like, I have girl, no what idea happened? what you're talking Lana about. Lana and her popcorn, man. What popcorn? There's none left since. Well, I haven't bought any more, but like you... We all know when you eat popcorn because wherever you eat it at, there's at least three or four kernels on the floor. You don't make a huge mess with it, but God knows. God knows. Like, you step on a random popcorn kernel or a seed <laughs> and be like, oh, Lana must have had some popcorn today. And you never offer anybody else any popcorn. No, don't she don't. Asking. And then she be eating the whole bag. Like, girl, what I, you need the whole bag for? At least I ask Alan sometimes. You do ask sometimes. Alan. Yeah, okay. You do that. You do that. Even though he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Girl, so, yes, Lana, he does. What's your favorite part and the most and the least favorite part about our family? My favorite part is she don't have one. Airpoint. You don't have a favorite part of our family? Not really though. Jesus, what the hell? Same fall. <laughs> Think about it. Other than the dogs, because that's the only people you care about. No, I care about everyone. No, the dogs are uh, uh, actually the ones that irritate me, especially Leo. I can't do for stupid booty. But <laughs> <laughs> Lana, you are hilarious. But, okay, seriously, what's your favorite part of our family? You have to have a favorite part, whether it's when we go on trips together, when we do stuff together, when we play games, there's something. Watch movies. Horror movies. Horror movies. That's yeah. That's I get from you. We are a horror movie family. But I don't know where you got it from. Uh honestly, I started getting into horror movies. I think because it was the thing that I, I that I got to do by myself. Oh that's wow, that's a, ironic. Like I know, right? I'm talking about well, growing up as a kid. Like I, because I've been in a horror movie fan literally since I was like four years old. So I think they used to be like the one because where everybody else when we got the family wanted to do the cute Disney movies. I'm like, no, I want to see people get murdered. <laughs> Sounds like me, and I don't know why. Even though I keep on yelling at the people in the movies, like, nah, know, they so be acting so slow. Like Bethany, stop <laughs> tripping over these tiny Bethany. pebbles. I'm so I'm so over that trope in horror movies where Bethany. like somebody would be running and then randomly fall down. Like, right. come on, with something better than that. Exactly, <laughs> right. and then and then. The 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 villain be walking up to them slowly and they're just they keep falling like you can't get up. Get At up. Michael Bruh. Myers. Burr. 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 You Gucci you Gucci. It all started it, it all started with Nightmare on Elm Street. Was that that wasn't the first slasher, was it? Why are you shaking? The so burning much? was the first one. And I don't think you've ever seen that one. I think that's technically <laughs> the first Exactly, and people forget about that one. We'll have to we'll have to watch that one. Day. No, I'm talking about when I when I first saw Oh, Night, when you first started. When I, yeah. When I first saw Name on Elm Street. Yeah. Alright, what's your least favorite part other than your brother screaming at you? Dogs. The dogs you love, but when I wanted to get rid of the dogs, you cried. You started. I crying. do. I love them, but they're annoying. I love them. They remind me of Alan, but they're annoying, especially Leo. You disgust me. I'm trying to hold my inner demon. What more do you want, from girl? Me? What are you, emo inner demon? What are you, Tyrese? What do you want from me? What more do <laughs> you want from me? I'm leaving. I don't have time. Girl, where are you going? Leaving. Come on, Lala. We're on. You're silly, Lala. All right. Sit back down. <laughs> no, make me. Lala, get back in front of the mic. All right. Um, I'm not gonna hold you guys much more. This is what I want to ask of you guys. Before I leave, and I like asking you this because it holds me accountable, and I think more parents need to ask this: What can I do better as a parent? Nothing. I'm very content. You buy me Monster, Cosmic <laughs> Brownies, Oreos. You so it's just because I buy you stuff? No, you leave me alone. You give good <laughs> advice. Um, this could go on forever. Well, me and you are like the same person, so it's easy for me and you to get along i usually understand you better than anyone what about you lala what can i do to be a better father blinks i'm gonna take that as none i'm taking it as i'm doing a great job <laughs> all right that's what i'm gonna me i'm thought <laughs> girl if it takes you that long to think of something that he could fix i'm pretty sure <laughs> nothing excuse me duh, duh. Well, 
I'm taking that as I'm doing an amazing job. Yep, that's it. That's your time's up. Oh, oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. The next time I'm gonna have you guys on, we'll be talking about horror movies. Maybe after Halloween Kills, because I can't wait to see that movie. I want to see. Yeah. Michael, that's gonna be my first Michael Myers movie. Really? Ah. It's, it's, ah. it's gonna be fun. Almost on my and words. we're all being slashers for Halloween. My favorite holiday. We're gonna have so much fun. But all right, those are my baby girls. Thank you, girls, so much for taking time out of your busy nights to come down here and record with your father in the studio. Yep. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be getting we'll uh going to a slight musical break on the other side of that. I'll be right back with you guys. Is that Chris? We don't have goddesses much. Through, through the building but we got lady ray in the building what's going on man hello thank you for having me anytime anytime you already know what it is so with bringing you on i had to have a topic that was worthy of the presence of a goddess and so i wanted to talk about spiritual love and so we often talk about love from like a standpoint of emotions also talk about like the act of love and everything that goes into it but the spiritual aspect of love and one that is rooted in a spiritual connection um aka people call it soul ties there's a lot of different ways that people do speak about it but i wanted to have a conversation about it because while i have been in conversations in regards to it i've never actually talked about it on the podcast so first i want to ask you when you hear the term spiritual love what does it make you think about when i think of spiritual love i think of the most high I think of seeing the God and goddess within another person and seeing that also within yourself. That's what I think of when I hear spiritual love. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's, 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 that's right on the money. I think that, uh, like when you can recognize the spirit of someone and you connect, and that's part of the reason why my podcast is called the awakened soul, right? Is because I believe when people connect in this deeply, it's on a spiritual level. It's not just that surface level thing. And so, uh, when you have a love that's rooted in that, it makes a lot of the thing, the other things and aspects of life so much easier because you're not just loving the person that's in front of you. You're loving the spiritual being that that is within that person. So it makes some of those disappointments or some of the times where we're less than perfect people. It makes it easier to work past and work with that person because you have you have learned to love the spirit that resides in that person and not just the human. In front of you. Absolutely. So I broke this down, this topic down into three levels of spiritual love. You can agree or disagree. Don't be afraid to, if you, if you disagree with part of it to say it. But uh, the first one that I, that I broke down in this is absolute love. And this is loving someone in an absolute reality. It's a supreme consciousness. This is, again, seeing that goddess or God within that person and, and the essence of joy and love within that person. What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, hands down, I can't, I cannot deny that at all. Yeah. And and the absolute love is, is rare, right? Or Christians, they call it what agape love. Like it's, it's, right. it's rare to be able to love somebody at that level. And I always say like, I, I don't know if as adults that have been through trauma and everything like that, that it's easy to obtain absolute love anymore for another person, because like we, we have to work through so much. Like I really think children are, are, are have it within them to have absolute love and i always say animals have absolute love within them and i really feel like as adults it's not impossible but it just takes so much work to get to that place of absolute love but when you think about it anything that's worth having doesn't come easy so you have to go through those trials and tribulations you've got to go through your storm to get to the rainbow you won't you won't truly know how to love a person if you haven't been through all those storms. If you haven't gotten to see who you are as a person, you can't resonate with a God or goddess within that other person. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And you kind of touched on the next one, the part two, the second tier of this. Well, let me not say tech second tier because I don't have them rank like which one's higher than another. But the second part of this is individual love. And that's love for yourself. And I think that that is the part that so many of us miss is that like, especially people who like move from relationship to relationship, expecting it to heal them or to help them get over stuff. You have to have that love for the individual yourself before you can worry about almost anything else. And like, I know for me, I try to make stuff as personal as I ha I can is that once I found that true love of myself and 
the accepting of things both good and bad about me. Now, that doesn't mean to ignore the bad traits that I have, but it means learn how to work past them is that it made it so much easier to love someone else. I don't want to go too far ahead, but you have to, you kind of got to clean out your closet and know your darkness. Yeah. Because only through the darkness can you find the light. So if you can't find that within yourself, you're going to continually look for it in other people. But something that that's been resonating with me a lot lately Mm -hmm. is the fact that we have been conditioned to think of God as an outside force. Mm. So we're forever seeking God externally and losing track of the fact that God resides within us. Absolutely. So if you can't find the God in you, you're going to continually externalize it and you're going to look for it in everything and every place else where it starts with yourselves. Yeah, and and I know a lot of these, especially when you talk about love, people tend to think romantically. And, and I, I want to make sure that I highlight this here is that even looking for love outside of yourself doesn't necessarily mean like romantic love either. Like some people like they acknowledgement through their jobs is why they become workaholics like that, that they associate the feeling of love to that because it's a feeling of acknowledgement and something easy to kind of pinpoint in and um, quantify. Right. And so once you find the true love for yourself, you will start seeing you, you remove yourself from situations and situations remove themselves from you. So that like you, all those obstacles like kind of get out the way. And sometimes those obstacles are parts of ourselves as well. They are indeed. That's that shadow. We'll get into the shadow. shadow. We definitely got to get into the shadow. (laughs) Uh, The third tier, uh, love as Sadhana. Uh, Sadhana? I don't know if I pronounced that right, but this is love as a practice, right? And so love is an action word. You heard that said a lot. Um. A lot of times, but I don't think like we really take it, take time to think about what that really means as far as like love as a practice, the the practice of of giving yourself on to something or like even back into yourself. What do you think that like love being a practice or a medicine in some ways that is described? What do you think about that aspect of spiritual love? I believe in it. And it's one of my uh, my highest principles, because I believe I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. But love is something that I do religiously. It's love is my religion. It's something that I practice in every person that I meet because you got to realize the most high is in everyone. We are all made in that image. So when you, you practice that, that essence of love mm-hmm. in all beings, cat, dog, man, woman, regardless of color, like love is love is everything. It's literally everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, the greatest of these is love is a is a verse out the Bible. And, you know, I, I, I'm i more spiritual now than religious. But like I really love is love is the thing that makes everything even right. It's us at, a, at, a, at our purest. It's, it's love. We were created in love. We were we were sent here and here to love other people and to give that out and to give joy to other to others. So, like, I think once you get into the practice, whether that's giving, whether, like I said, giving to yourself, giving to others, being patient, um, it, 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 but that all goes back to what we talked about before. You have to learn how to do that to yourself. We don't give ourselves grace, but then try to give it to other people and then wonder why we fail. Like give yourself mm-hmm. grace to fail. So we are so hard on ourselves and you know, we, we, you got to stop that. Like there, there are times that you need to be harder and real with yourself. But like you also have to learn to give yourself that grace and that time to grow because we're oh this life is just a constant stream of growth and development every single time. And like it's yeah, I always say to people and say to my kids, like when I talk to them, the person you are now, if it's not if you're not a little bit different in 30 days than what you were today, if something's going wrong here, you should always be continually growing. Absolutely. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, definitely. And to grow. Sometimes that means we got to do the work that are in the shadows. So our next topic, and this is a deep one. This is one I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast for so long. Um, shadow work. And yes. I know me and you both have done a lot of shadow work over the last year, year and a half. And I think mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be a really good conversation for us to get into. Um, how do you describe shadow work? How do you, how do you view shadow work? Oh, I am a spiritual healer, so I am constantly guiding people through shadow work. So it's, one of the most necessary topics, but it's the hardest topic because people don't want to face their own bullshit. Shadow work is facing your own darkness. It's 
realizing that you have patterns that keep cycling in your reality because of something that you're not facing. Mm-hmm. Shadow work is dealing with that darkness, those skeletons in the closet, that part of you that needs to be healed, that inner child that suffered that trauma and fragmented. So now until you heal this inner child, it's going to keep repeating in your adult life. Shadow work is a monster, but it's so worth it. Yeah. I mean, in facing that darkness and the, when shadow work or something like this, the topic I always go back to for me, 16 years old is when my parents divorced and I never dealt with well, no, me I say never. It was till I was in my late twenties that I really dealt with how that affected me. For me, the way that I internalized that is for the, for the first time it was me not having my father there every single day, and so that turned into all I, all I knew how to display was anger. Like it was so bad to the point where like I was getting in fights all the time, and I was just angry all the goddamn time. And it wasn't until like I said, my mid to late twenties where I really took a second in therapy. Thank God to my therapist as well. Having that conversation, it was like, all right, where did this start at? And I'm like, you know what? I never really dealt with my parents' divorce. Not to blame it on them because it's on me, especially as an adult at that point in time who had kids to really to to deal with it and identify it. But I didn't. And so what what I then took that as is, all right, now because I'm ma- angry, all you motherfuckers are about to get it. <laughs> Every single one. If you piss me off, you about to catch this heat. And so like. Once I realized like, okay, let me, let me, let me work backwards. Let me see what, what's going on. And I found that it really started with that. And at the end of the day, I was just too quote unquote manly to just admit, look, I miss my motherfucking dad. You feel me? And so once I, once I did that and I had a conversation with him and he was like, well, son, I never left you. Like I was always here. Like, yeah, we lived States apart, but like I'm nothing but a phone call away. And we really had that conversation. And I told him what it, like, I felt like when my, our family broke apart i blamed him because you you're the one who taught me the man keeps the family together so like once we started having this conversation and like i had never asked either one of my parents we were 10 12 years removed from the getting divorced i never knew why they got divorced and when i finally we finally had that conversation it brought so much peace and clarity to how i wanted to live my life and like men fail fail too and i think i didn't get to go back to that giving ourselves grace thing right love as a practice i didn't give my dad the space to be human and so once I got to that place, it allowed me to be okay with my human natures and my fallings and then my failings and then fix them. So I, I completely agree. With shadow work, you have to have that ego death. Yeah. You have to be completely raw with yourself and hold yourself accountable. Most of our most of our trauma does stem from when we were children and what we experienced. I had to personally myself. I had to realize that for one, my parents have been together for almost 40 years, but I did see their ups and downs. And a lot of people, I know a lot of people whose parents are divorced, but mine stayed together through that ugliness. Mm -hmm. And without them having, they didn't have any idea what it did to the children, what we saw and how it affected us. My daddy issues caused me a lot of stuff in relationships. I'm choosing the wrong type of person. I'm seeing the bad character traits that I saw in my parents that I'm emulating or I'm trying not to be like my parents and I'm not as vocal as I should be and just letting shit slide. There's so much that stems from our adult, I mean, our youth that we have to be gentle with ourselves. We have to go back to that inner child and we have to hold ourselves and say, hey, this is not your fault. This is not your fault. It is okay. Yes, this happened to you, but it didn't break you. It made you stronger. So yeah, that that shadow work. We've all had to do it. Constantly doing it. Yeah. It's I don't think people realize how that's an everlasting journey. Like, yeah, yeah you, you gotta clean out the closet, but you gotta go way back. And then you continuously go through that and make sure you're you're properly mourning those stages in your life and you're feeling the feelings. And you're not regressing anything. It, it's it's constant. Yeah, and I think too, like it's easy to dis- disassociate yourself from your shadow self because, like, you look at it as like, okay, these are things that I have to deal with, and you can often get caught up in not realizing, like, that's still you. Like, like you can't do the work unless you want to admit, like, yeah, they're they're bad traits or whatever else, and there's trauma. But those are those are things that are still reside in you. You can't. They aren't. They're, they're not forces that just magically came against you like these are parts of yourself 
And once you start like realizing, okay, yes, this is a bad trait, but this is part of me. So you then now that you have associated that and you've merged that, I, just the idea and the concept of it with who you see yourself as, you can start backtracking and doing that work as well. And one of the aspects that I think me and you have a, uh, both have a perception on is we both have failed marriages. And the only way to really heal from that is to do serious, serious shadow work. Like the people that you see that have failed marriages and they just blame it solely on the other person. That's not to say that the other person didn't do a lot of wrong, that even maybe the majority of the wrong in the marriage didn't come from them. But when you take the time out to do that shadow work after a failed marriage, you can become so much of a better lover or you can be bitter if you don't do the shadow work. Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes back to that that mourning, that that part of your life. Like, yeah, it happened, but you still you have the good times. You take you gotta take the good with the bad. You have to hold yourself accountable. It's not all the other person because it was two people in the situation. So you have to be able to face yourself in the mirror and say, I didn't do this right. I didn't do this right. But hey, it's okay. I'm still learning. Yeah. And that's okay. It is okay to still be learning. You don't want to be so hard on yourself that you, you, you just start blaming yourself and you don't see your worth. You have to know that you are still worthy. A lot of people, I see a lot of people who are victims of abuse, uh, mental, physical, emotional, and they blame themselves. It's like, hey, like you're human. We wouldn't be human if we didn't make mistakes. Right. It's all for the learning. And all so, for the learning and sometimes the the mistake at least the good basis to start realizing your mistakes at if you want to stop blaming the other person is just to say look i chose the wrong person this is why i chose them this is what i thought that they were feeling this is what happened in my life that led me to thinking that this person maybe had my best um intentions for me but they didn't i was blind to certain things like just starting if you can start there and just admit like hey yes they did xyz but I chose that person. You can then start really trying to start that necessary healing. And like so much, this is why I don't get into relationship conversations anymore on social media, because so much of it is just people wanting to blame everything else on the other person. It's like, all right, but you chose them. You chose them. Why? Because if you don't, if you don't answer that question, you're destined to probably choose just a different skin, but the same person. The same person. Yeah. Absolutely. If you don't work on that shadow, ooh, we. <laughs> It's just going to continue in every relationship because you haven't dealt with you. It's just going to, it's going to continue to manifest in everything that you do. you got to, you got to stop and sit with your shit. Ain't no way around it. That is the absolute truth. That is the absolute truth. And that's, it sucks. Like it, that's some of the most emotional shit that I've ever had to do was sit there and just realize like, damn, nigga, you fucked up. <laughs> what is you doing? So Yeah. You got to sit with there, but be kind to yourself. You're human. You are allowed to make mistakes. We all are. And yeah, that, that asking yourself, why do I continue to, why do I continue to choose this type of person? Mm -hmm. What is it about this type of person that's attracting me? Where did it start? That, that patient zero tells you everything. You got to do with your pain. There you go. Sit with your shit. I think you may have just titled this episode because that's it. I like that. Sit with your shit. Um, <laughs> what was what was the moment? Because let me not say everybody I, like. But in my experience, usually with dealing like really, really dealing with that shadow, it's a breaking point. What was your breaking point when you realized like, all right, no, nah, I got to I got to I got to get in this darkness and do some work. It was when I couldn't trust myself, hmm. when I could no longer. I, I could no longer have faith in my own decisions, me knowing that I know what I know, but at the same time, I'm, I'm questioning all of my decisions and I had no faith in me. When I lost faith in me, that's why I'm like, okay, hold up, <laughs> cut the shit. Like I really need to sit here. I started to realize my trauma and my triggers were so sensitive that it's like, fuck, I'm so scared from the shit that I've been through in my past that I keep seeing it everywhere. And I <clears> felt like I was dealing with it. Don't stop being a petty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be petty. But no, I had to, I had to realize I keep seeing the triggers everywhere. And it helps me being a spoken word artist. It helps me being a poet because I channel my pain 
in my poetry because I know I'm not the only person going through this. But for me, it's so therapeutic. It's like, okay, let me write this down. That's just the way my brain works. I'm an artist. So I'm like, okay, let me turn my pain into art so I can express it so that I can work through it. And it's when I put it in my, my poetry, it's when I see it all. It comes together. It's like, okay, I'm broken as fuck. I'm so broken to where I can't accept love. My heart was in so many shambles that I'm like, I don't trust anybody with the pieces that I managed to glue back together. That was my breaking point. Thank you for sharing. Okay, come on. Floor is yours. Floor is yours. I I, I think I've told mine before. My my breaking point was um, shortly after my brother's death, shortly after my, like, my brother's death, the divorce, um losing my job at one point and what I, how I used to identify myself like it all happened within like we're talking like in an 18 month period all these things happened at once right and so i was i was so short with everyone and i it, it was one day it was a maya you know maya is like my spiritual soulmate because we share a soul and mm-hmm. i like i i snapped at her a little bit and she was like daddy like what's wrong with you and the way that she said that because it wasn't like this it wasn't like she was fearful of me it wasn't anything like that it was just like this look of just concern on her face and i had to, and i came downstairs and i sat by myself for a minute and i just started thinking about damn i snapped on this person i snapped on my mama a month ago i snapped on like why am i snapping and for me it was that i was afraid to just admit that i wasn't happy with shit that was going on in my life at that point in time but then i had to think about why i wasn't happy I was I was upset that I lost a job that I didn't even wasn't even happy or fulfilled in anymore. But I stayed at the job so long because I was happy with the check. Right. And I got comfortable in it. So then I thought about, okay, what else were you just settling for? Like and so once I started thinking about all these things that like I started, I started identifying myself. and You know how much I how prideful I can be. Right. I started identifying myself through all these things that really didn't even fucking make me happy. Right. And so. I was looking at myself through a lens of what other people thought was success and I wasn't successful with me because I wasn't fucking happy. And so once I started realizing all these things and it was like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but like just sitting there in that moment and realizing how much time I had spent in the last five years doing shit for either other people or out of a sense of obligation that it's like, okay, why am I doing this? You know why I'm doing this? I'm doing this because it made me feel good to be celebrated, but I'm being celebrated for the wrong shit. How, what type of fucking hubris am I facing to where I'm doing shit because they celebrate me doing it and I'm not even fucking happy doing it. And so that's what, that was my breaking. That's that people pleasing. Oh, people pleasing is not love. It's fear. It, listen, it fear, is fear. fear will keep us in some shit, right? And and really, it, it ultimately like now I'm at this place now. Like I I have no fear and better know myself for anything. Like, I know I'm gonna I can come and overcome anything. But yeah, I was I was fearful to do that for a while. I was like, I and I guess that is why didn't I trust myself? Was the question that I asked myself. What was I not trusting in myself and my decision making? And so had to had to come out of that. And now I am the confident, cocky ass motherfucker I am now. <laughs> Did you say arrogant? I, I feel like my arrogance has been checked lately because I feel like oh, somebody yeah. I feel like somebody had told me the other day or a couple of months ago like it was no longer Hayes it was Cordero so I feel like I've checked that arrogance a little bit I'm just okay. saying okay received okay All right. I'm just you know I'm just just saying what was given to me you know I mean it, it, it has been slightly different I'll give you that okay <laughs> maybe a lot different maybe maybe I don't know whatever whatever I All give right. you a I can definitely see your growth spiritually and mentally, and it's a beautiful thing. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a nice year and a half. Like COVID, it's really like since since the COVID thing, being stuck, my black ass stuck at home for so long, and like yeah, it's nothing but time to think and like reprocess and reevaluate and like get myself hungry again. So like that 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 really really helped me mentally. You know what? I honestly believe like COVID was necessary for us as a collective. A lot of people were forced to sit down and deal with their shit. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't do nothing but sit there with your own company, twiddle your thumbs. Why not sit down and do your shadow work? Like at this point, you cannot run from your shadow because your shadow is sitting right next to you, tapping you on the shoulder all day long. Like, hey, <laughs> come get this work. Exactly. Hey, yeah. we we here. What we doing? We just here. Like, <laughs> right, we just here sitting here. You don't have no more excuses but to face it. So. Yeah. 
you got to sit there and deal with your shit. And I can honestly say quarantine. Oh my gosh. That was when I did the majority of my work. I read a whole lot of books. I faced the mirror quite a bit and I allowed myself, I allowed my ego to die. Thank God. That ego death. <clears throat> I know you're not talking. Like, come on now. Really? Pot really? kettle. Hello. No, 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 no. <laughs> Pot calling the kettle yellow. Uh, <laughs> hold on now. <laughs> no, the, the ego death is very necessary for any of us to attain uh, that spiritual leveling up. Like you have to allow your ego to die and you have to get out of your own way. Because if you don't, ooh, if you don't get out of your way, you're going to get hit with that bus. Just mm. Okay, you will get hit with it, and it's gonna make you sit there and deal with it. So yeah, I feel like COVID was a bust for all of us. Yeah. Got to sit there and deal. With it. Yeah, Amen. it was necessary. I feel like it was a huge spiritual shift for everyone. Yeah, I mean, some people came out of it worse, but a lot of people came out of it better. Um, and I think, like for the people who do have self awareness, COVID was really, like you said, the time to not only sit with your shit, but to get some of that shit out of your way, so that when the world opened back up. We were better equipped people, right? So it was definitely that for me. It was definitely that for a lot of people that I know as well. And you know, I yeah, the the quarantine sucked ass, right? It sucked ass. But like, if you're able to use like turn a loss into a win, it it like that temporary loss of being stuck in the house for eighteen months can turn into such a win for you long in for longevity's sake because now you've dealt with so much of your own shit. COVID was a spiritual enema. Hmm. Okay. There you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. There it is. Go ahead and give me your social media. Let's get the hell up out of here. You can find me on IG as poetry underscore N underscore potions. I am Lady Ray. And I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 614 547 2039 we are the number one podcast for the culture and this week we out this bitch peace this has been a presentation of the break break media Bitches love podcasts.